feel good. First, what's that game? Is that technically a game winner? First one. But, uh, Question. All right, here we go. Smart, looking, looking for Tatum. Gets it in. Tatum takes it. Edwards says, I am hot. Oh, man. Right, Kemba right away. Walker goes baseline, sends it back out to Smart. He'll try a three. Got it. Marcus Smart is so good. Marcus Smart is so good. Smart, same spot, same result. Haywood again comes away with it on the run. Bounce pass. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash. Thank you for tuning in. Joining us, as he often does, Jackson, a.k.a. Rickman Lives. Jackson, how are things up there in beautiful Newcastle? Things are good in Newcastle, even with a Celtics loss. Got to be uh, got to be thankful for what you've got. But uh, yeah, nah, <laughs> have been better. Sure. That's uh, a good optimistic viewpoint to take. Uh, also with us, we've got a full squad today from across the Tasman there. Back from his holiday, it is Joe, a.k.a. Nose Groats McFly. Joe, welcome back, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back into routine. I don't know if you guys are like this, but I find the um, the summer holiday lack of routine. Um, I find it a bit a bit a bit hard. Do you guys? It's disorientating, isn't it? I feel brain dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to do a yeah. puzzle or something to get my brain functioning again. <laughs> yeah. No, that that first Monday back's a bit rough, eh? Yeah, it's pretty brutal. But yes, yeah, so looks like it was for the Celtics as well too. So. <laughs> I'm a bit scratchy about the loss today. I'm a bit scratchy about it. I think mm. we've got very, many reasons to be very grateful for this team this year, but today's loss was was disappointing. It was disappointing. So I guess that's that's top of mind for me right now. Mm. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're all there with you, Joe. Look, coming up on the show, we'll do what precisely nobody wants us to do and talk about the very disappointing 99 to 94 loss to the Wizards of Washington, and we may just touch on the other games from the past week. We're going to talk about the importance of consistency and how it pertains to one Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And we'll, of course, get to some of the great content from the wonderful Celtics subreddit. But first, the Wizards game, we just mentioned it up the top, which I would equate to going for a nice walk on a beautiful spring day. The sun is shining. It's going to be a fantastic day. And then you take one step out of your front door and step in a big old pile of dog shit. That is to say <laughs> the Celtics... Should have won this one, but put up an absolute stinker. Guys, what, what happened in this game? Were the Wizards too good, or was it more of a case of the Celtics just not showing up for this one? To, um, to, to, to take a, a less um, uh, passionate uh, response to the game, this is just one of those ones that just I, I completely have just disregarded already. Um, now, I suppose through the guise of like our recent form and whatnot, there could be things to read into. But like for me, this was just, I guess I looked at the first quarter score and was like, okay, it's going to be another one of those games where we're crap to start with and we're going to reel them in. And it looked like it was trending towards that way. But I mean, it just was, it just was a night where just we went cold at just the worst moments and we could never really just like get in front and stay in front. I think we took the lead at at all. Like from, did we ever lead at any point? No. Maybe the, no. Certainly tied it late. Yeah, we got nope. to eighty eighty. I remember that, but um, no, I just um, I, I've just I've I've kind of forgotten about it already, <laughs> to, to be brutally honest. And it is nice to see Isaiah Thomas like balling again. He didn't have the best game, but like I thought his contributions were were fantastic. And I mean, I don't think you can ever really like plan for nights when like role players like Ish Smith 
have career <laughs> nights. You know, this is just an abnormality. So for me, I'm over it already, to be honest. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm a little concerned with the trend. Not a lot concerned with the trend, but, you know, we've sort of squeaked out wins against Chicago and Atlanta. Um, and um, we're, if we're really good, you know... We we just need to be dominating these games, and we actually need it for the rest. Um, I just think we came out and just didn't take it seriously enough. I've I guess I've sort of it's sort of like you know if you're ever playing like your little brother or something like that, you might cruise, 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 and then if you think you're actually going to lose the game, you you you're sort of up the ante a bit. Um, and it sort of felt like they tried to do it and just just never got into it. And I I, I was quite frustrated with Kenter this game. I could not understand why. He was out there in favour of, of Tice for such a long period of time. It, yeah. it felt like a lot of Ish Smith, uh, a lot of his points sort of came from picking on Tice, on, on uh, sorry, Kenter on the pick and roll. So, um, not enough Grant Williams. I, I I don't know why Brad doesn't give Grant more run. Um, he's you know you made a comment Ben in the in the in the group chat that you just he's just so trustworthy. Um, and he is. <laughs> he maybe maybe doesn't have the love and trust of Marcus Smart yet, but um, but he's got the trust. <laughs> yeah, the, the the love's definitely coming along. Uh, yeah, it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a half-ass attempt. They they did almost half-ass a win, like they have been all of 2020. Like starting with the mm. um, for us at least, it was New Year's Day against the the Charlotte Hornets and all those mm. games against sub 500 teams. Since um, they did get it up to 80 80, and it, th- it looked like at that point they were going to do what they've done so far this year and just sort of pull it out at the end. Like you say, the analogy of going up against your little brother, you're not really giving a shit, and then suddenly it's game point and, um, and you sort of put some effort in it and bring it home. That's really what it looked like they were going to do. And then Ish Smith, 27 points, 12 of 18 shooting in 31 minutes off the bench. You say he's a role player, Jackson. Like, he certainly played a role in this game in disappointing a large fan base um, and probably giving the Celtics maybe a a much-needed loss. User Son of Atreus wrote, worst loss of the season, horrendous all-round. They needed to be embarrassed, which I kind of agree with if they're going to be playing like that um, against these sub-500 teams without their best player. They should be stepping on the throat a little bit and showing like some of that killer mentality and we're not seeing it. So I don't, do you agree that they kind of needed to lose in order to have their, I don't know, to, to be recalibrated? Um, I, I thought the Raptors probably lost, should have probably done that. I mean, it was on a back to back, but I mean, that was at home against the team that you just beat and you know, they, they smacked you about. So I felt like, okay, that's when you've got to switch on. But yeah, for like, I guess like smaller teams, um, like, like this one here, um, like we, we just, we essentially got beaten by a team of role players, like no disrespect to them. I mean, they had no, no Beal, no Batans, no Wall, um, who else? Hachimura was out, um, so look, they obviously have this this hospital wizards mentality that the Celtics were playing around with, you know, a few years back. So we recognize that. And like, guess who's in this team? Isaiah Thomas. So, you know, it's probably something stemming from that. But I mean, uh, just further to what you're saying about Grant Williams earlier, I thought like his block to start the fourth quarter followed quickly by like a three-pointer. I thought, all right, sweet. We're, the, the game is coming alive. Because there wasn't there a post on the sub, I think a few days ago, something about when Grant Williams hits a three-pointer, we're like 17-1 and one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. So, like, right, on, right on cue, it destroys that. Yeah. I mean, I thought for me, the key play of the game, the, the, the play I thought, I was like, oh, I don't think we're going to get over the line here, was actually... Um, Grant Williams got an offensive rebound, tried to, to feed it into Kenta on the post, and then Kenta got 
he looked like he got fouled, but I think he probably tried to sell the foul and he fell over and there was a turnover. Um, and I was just like, I oh, just like, ah, oh. you, you just kind of, when we were getting stops or, or extra, you know, or, or second chance opportunities, we just weren't converting them. Yeah. Um, it just felt like, it just felt like we just didn't come out and play with really any force. You know, the, 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 the ball movement wasn't sharp. Um, there was a lot of instances of guys um, sort of pump faking, um, sidestepping and not taking a shot, like looking to, you know, just sort of things like that that would, would sort of indicated we weren't ready to shoot on the catch, which is just the kind of thing you do when you just got it on cruise control a bit. So, yeah, I, I you know, I thought they deserved a rack up for that game. I thought they deserved a real rack up. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think most fans out there do. Only seventeen assists for the entire mm. team in this game, which sort of is a stat that sums up everything you've just said there, really, Joe. Marcus Smart, I thought, was particularly disappointing in this one. I don't like to talk negatively about Marcus Smart. He did mm. have at least one Marcus Smart play earlier in the game to sort of temporarily swing the momentum yeah. back in our direction, but ultimately it wasn't enough. He attempted ten threes in this game, fourteen shots overall. Am I crazy or is that way too many three-point attempts or shot attempts overall for, for Marcus Smart, yeah. even with Kemba out. Well, the, the three hit all came in the second quarter, basically, like back-to-back, back-to-back, uh-huh. didn't they? Yeah, so I thought he's like, oh, okay, he's hot again. It, Marcus Smart nearly had his career ended tonight by, uh, uh, what's his name? Brown Jr.? Oh, sure. Troy that, Brown Jr. Troy Brown Jr. Remember that poster <laughs> that like didn't go in? They ended up getting a three-point play out of it, but holy shit, like that was yeah. ferocious. <laughs> it would have been like, that would have been like bad for our boy, Marcus. Holy shit. Man, that was an example, by the way, of our boys giving up on the play, because Marcus got back, challenged the shot. Why was that? Why did they get an easy offensive rebound? Mm-hmm. Because nobody else was 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 getting back at the same time. Um, just yeah, just. Argh. But you know, look, big picture, very very happy with the team this year. So I don't want to over over dwell on it. But um, but yeah, no, the the boys deserve a proper spray after that. If it's not. Hopefully Brad gave him one. It was definitely giving the refs a proper spray. That was one of the things I enjoyed about the the game. I was saying in the group chat that the most enjoyable parts of this game were non-basketball related. One of them was that Brad <laughs> Stevens was so audible throughout the game. You could hear him calling plays. And you could you could hear him chewing out the refs uh, throughout the entire game on a couple of questionable calls, which was interesting. Um, I was saying a week ago, I was kind of celebrating the idea that a lot of our games, even though we've got some difficult back-to-backs in the month of January, that a lot of our games, the majority of them really are against sub-500 teams, kind of looking forward to the guys playing some actual challenging opponents and, and actually seeing them show up and, and give it all. Because like we've been saying uh, from the top, it was just not the case in this game and probably all the games we've seen so far this year. Jalen Brown in particular, I don't think he could quite accept the fact that he was just having a bad night. You know, and he just mm-hmm. kept shooting. We've been celebrating his consistency, which we'll get to a little further later in the show. Um, thus, for, uh, so far this season, um, but he just he just couldn't accept that it wasn't his night. He just kept putting up these shots, and I, I thought that was sort of a first for Jalen um, so far this season. What do you guys think of his performance in this game? Yeah, well, the performance tonight was the abnormality of the season. You know, compared to what he has been playing. I mean, he still had was a, a team high of like twenty three, I think. So if you just looked immediately at the box score, like, oh, not too bad. But then you scroll over, yeah, it was like thirty percent or something. So, yeah, no, I think it was probably a night where he was just trying to think, okay, someone's got to like put this team on their back and get us out of it. This will be me. I've been the consistent one. I'm like having the career season, blah blah blah. And yeah, you're right, it wasn't. Look, it, power to him. Like, you got to, you got to. Sometimes I think forcing it is okay. If the shot goes in, obviously, it, it wasn't. So, yeah, no, it was uh, not a good look, but 
I think it's an outlier. Yeah, I, 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 to be honest, watching the game, I didn't really notice the missed shots as I noticed the turnovers. Two particular ones. One mm. was um, where he had uh, there was there was a you know we we're in transition and he tried to sort of dribble through two guys and got it stripped off him. Um, that's something that him and Tatum both tend to do, um, and it's not a great look. Um, there was another turn. Oh, there was actually three turnovers I can think of that really annoyed me. The big one was the one we're sort of making a run. We had to. We were down five. I want to say we we're down 83, 88. And, um, and we're in transition again. And he starts going into his bag and doesn't realize that there's a, you know, that there's a man trailing. It just, it was just Jalen's at his best, you know, when he catches it and he is ready to just go bam with that first step. Um, and he just sort of wasn't doing that tonight. That that's his that's his strong suit. Uh, look, overall, I think there's reasons to be encouraged. Um, I mean, seven or seven, I think it was at the free throw line from memory. Um, yeah, you but are just correct. those 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 turnover those turnovers. He's had a couple of them, like at, at crucial times, um, just in previous games. Like he's had. Um, I can think of sort of two instances where he's, you know, on a fast break thrown. He threw a real shocker of a pass to Marcus Smart mm-hmm. against Chicago. And there was another one that got picked off against, must have been against Charlotte. Um, so, so, some game quite recently. Um, just, yeah, he just, um, I, I want him to be aggressive, but I still want him to stay in his lane a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Um I mean, Jalen Brown's probably been the the big surprise overall so far this season. So, you know, we, we talk about sample size a lot on this podcast overall. Um, and you kind of touched on that, that earlier, Joe. Lots to be happy about, not only with the team, but with Jalen Brown in particular. This was not one of those nights. Seven for 22 from the field, four turnovers. Um, Jason Tatum, zero turnovers in this game. Obviously, no one really stood out. No one had a remarkable game. That's ultimately why we lost. Um Jalen, uh, Jason Tatum rather has been rather turnover prone so far in his career. Uh, also this season, it's good to see him pull out zero turnovers. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here for our optimistic takeaways as we look to move on from from this game. Um, you mentioned Enos Cantor before. Not a great game for Cantor. Now I want to start looking back over the the previous stretch of games, particularly the Hawks and the Bulls game. You got to say, like Cantor was pretty effective in those games. Obviously, shut the bed of the fourth quarter of this one, um, but he was very effective posting up some of the younger, less experienced bigs on the Hawks and Chicago earlier in the week or late last week. Um, I, f- I feel like even though he didn't do well today, he he is starting to carve out a bit of a role for himself on this team. And, and Brad Stevens is kind of aware of like other than today when to have him on the floor and when, when not to. Does that make sense? Does it feel like there's more of a rhythm there developing within his canter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, um, I, I think everyone's not 180 on him necessarily, but everyone thought, oh, yeah, you know, he'll bring rebounding, but, you know, the, there's a defensive liability and everything like that. But he's proved more useful than detrimental to the team, I've thought, um, particularly recently. Um, tonight, definitely still put up 11 boards but like he yeah he could not finish at the rim and he was definitely getting like you mentioned earlier Joe he was just getting picked on by Ish Smith particularly in that fourth quarter I think um, and, and uh, so yeah he, it wasn't a good look for him tonight but I think as far as like his like rhythm and his rotations go throughout um, the season and his role in that like there seems to just be moments when 
all we need is a board like all we need to just get is just you know not give up another offensive board or we'd like try and get those second chance points you know the amount of times he just like gets three tips at the rim and gets it in like that's pretty reliable so in, in moments like that when it's just going to need a bit more scrap a little bit more just you know mongrel about it like that'll be the go but like as far as like the finesse and like the crunch time is concerned i think like unless he's having like a monster game he's got to be tyson there still so i think those roles are pretty defined at least for now yeah, he played a lot more minutes tonight. Like, it just felt like, man, we needed to get something going in transition. And it, I just, man, I just sort of, like, Smith got going. And I just I just couldn't understand why he was playing so much. To me, Kanda's a, I, I probably, I, I'm a quite sympathetic to this guy, Max Carlin. Max Carlin's a really good follow mm. on Twitter. If yep. you guys, if you guys don't follow him, um, he does a lot of draft stuff and and is pretty good throughout the game and he's he you know he's he's a pretty smart guy so he's probably i'll do a horrible job of trying to recapitulate what what his basic point is but as as i understand it it's basically like if you're just for for luck for the for the luck of of Kendra shooting both his shooting and opponent's shooting he's still pretty crap and I, I just kind of in my bones sort of think he's right um, I really don't trust Kendra out there at all. And when he has a stretch, he made like he had a stretch. I think he made at least two turnovers straight tonight, and I was just like, ah, oh, you know, he's just probably. I feel sorry for the guy. I'll cheer for him when he does good, but I just he's just that he's just that guy <laughs> for me this year on the yeah, team. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, maybe it's all like, that worrying about getting shot at any one moment <laughs> by, by the yikes. Turkish special forces. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a tough one to deal with. I can only I can only imagine. Just, just guessing. I don't know. <laughs> Such yeah. a bizarre story that eh? like surely they've got bigger things to worry about over in Turkey. Surely, yeah. but maybe they don't. Maybe he played some terrible defense for their uh, national basketball team over a long stretch, and uh, now they're out to get him. <laughs> yeah, Erdogan's more of a small ball guy. Erdogan's firmly from the Doc Rivers school of uh, giving up the offensive glass and get back. He's an Ubuntu guy. User, what now was he wrote? Tremont Waters, you did good tonight. Uh, this was in the, yeah, the daily discussion thread from from only about an hour ago on Celtics Reddit. Uh, great little stretch, and I was kind of disappointed to see that. Brad Wanamaker, who again we were celebrating a week ago, had to come back in and and sort of ultimately take fill the shoes of uh, of Tremont Waters. We looked a lot better with Waters out on the court. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it was like it was like watching uh, future Isaiah and past Isaiah like <laughs> together. Oh, cool. yeah. At least all we could think anyway. But no, I love seeing Tremont in there. He's great. Yeah, I, I sort of didn't understand why he wasn't. Um, you know why why he he he, he you know he would prototypically or. Typically, not prototypically, he would typically be the guy you'd put on someone like a Smith who can he's you know he's quick enough to match up with him. But yeah, and I sort of thought, man, he he could be in for a for a crunch time stunt here, but it wasn't to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, he he was very comfortable, very comfortable out there. But then again, why wouldn't he? He was playing against G Leaguers. <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah, Absolutely. great defender for his size as well. It's a shame he uh, he wasn't able to have more of an impact there down the stretch. User Brad Stevens on Celtics Reddit writes: We haven't looked great since Christmas, even though we've been winning most of them. It hasn't been pretty at all. Quickly before we move on, a little addition to this podcast from th- this point onwards. I'm gonna sort the post-game thread by most controversial and read out the most controversial comment after each game. That comment, Pastor of Muppets 101, writes, $33 million air ball. 
referring to a certain moment at the end of the oh. game there where one Gordon Hayward put up a, an unfortunate shot. That That's pretty harsh. I, I think uh, at least this season, Gordon Hayward has begun to earn more of that money. But uh, I don't know. I guess on a, on a yeah. Celtics fan subreddit uh, or forum, you can see where that might be uh, rated as slightly controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sure. controversial, sure. I don't know. $33 million air ball against the Wizards. I think he made up for it with only like 17 for 29. I know like, it was against the Cavs, but you know, I think it evens out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, grab, grab was, 10 uh, boards that, today, yeah. whatever. That was a pretty bad airball, though. Man. It was bad, yeah, true. <laughs> man, yeah. Like, like, to airball something, you've got to be a bit out of sorts, eh? Yeah, I think um, that would have made it a 7-0 run, too, and Colors it to 1. That would have been some big one. momentum. Yeah, yeah. cut it to 1. Yeah, was that was bad. the moment where we could have pulled out the half-assed win as well. Like, that was it, where, yeah. you know, we'd walk away being like, oh, it wasn't pretty, but we got it done, ha-ha. <laughs> but, like, yeah, that was kind of the, the turning point. That, well, that never happened. we certainly needed it. We certainly needed it. Like, yeah, we weren't going to get it done without it. Now, to move on, we were talking earlier today in our group chat about items for discussion for this podcast. And Joe, you brought up an article from The Ringer by Zach Cram. And the central thesis of which is that consistency is the key distinction between great players and bona fide stars. Uh, I'll make sure to add a link to the show notes, but consistency is kind of an interesting topic for the Celtics and their fans at the moment. Given that we have these two youngins, Tatum and Brown, sort of barking up the tree of stardom, yet consistency is proving to be almost the final frontier for these guys. Joe, like, do you want to do you want to expand on that? Maybe explain the article a little bit more and how it applies to to Tatum and Brown. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I'm going off going off memory here. So, apologies to Mr. Cram if I if I misrepresent him. Um, I think essentially what he did is he took. Um, through the season, he took guys' best maybe ten games, and and he used any. There's this thing called a game score, which is some John Hollinger, um, some John Hollinger stat that you know essentially says how good you did that game. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it, but we all kind of get the rough idea, right? Like it's just some sort of you look at the box score and and it, and it spits out a value that says how good you did. And he went through the he went through them and he um, sort of compared the top. The top sum, the top games with the worst games. So, in other words, if you're a really consistent player, there won't be much of a difference between your best games and your worst games. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of look at it and I think that's a real. To me, that's a more complicated way of describing what I learnt in seventh form stats as standard deviation. Um, <laughs> um, but, but what, taking what, me back. What, yeah, 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 I didn't do so great. I think I had no. to get scaled up. Funnily enough, <laughs> um, what, what it probably more brought on for me was two main thoughts. Um, first of all, I think we kind of all instinctively understand that that Jalen's been more consistent this year, right, um, than Jason. Um, and it's probably why I think he's had a better season um, because he, he just has, in his role, been a lot more consistent. Um, but I guess the broad meta point that I kind of wanted to, to float out there for you guys is, is, is there a sense in which... Um, Maybe there's too much talk of averages and stats. Like we 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 mm-hmm. always talk about averages per thirty six or net rating, which is you know a pace adjusted sort of um you know points differential thing, and it's all on an average. And and I sort of feel like average is is not a great measure for um or it's not a great basis from on which to make your decisions on on all points of the game. And the example I'll give is this, right? Like if you are Okay, so I, I'm an accountant, and like the classic thing that you know you learn um, 
through my one finance paper is like okay if you're young right and you're 30 you should have a very aggressive risk profile right for your investments if you're old you should have a conservative risk profile yeah um do you guys know why i believe the point there is that you've got enough time to make up for any um, negative outcomes that might occur um, due to your high risk right so a more aggressive superannuation scheme would result in greater average gains over time right but you've got enough time to for the averages to bear out the the shorter the sample size you have to play with the less uh you know the less you can rely on those averages and the more like consistency becomes important and mm. this kind of relates to things like the death of the post up in the mid-range game mm-hmm. excuse me like a three-pointer is clearly on average like it's clearly one out as being the best on average play but it's you know it's not necessarily the most consistent play right like there's a reason why you need those those sort of mid-range twos or those post-ups because they, you know, and I don't know this, this is just my instinct from playing the game, is that they are a more, you know, a lower variance sort of um, strategy. You know what I mean? And so if you've, got, if you've got limited opportunities and you just need a bucket, a bucket is more important than the highest average. And I, I, sometimes, I think the conversation... Um, kind of ignores that sometimes how important averages are oh sorry how important um consistency is and and lower variances like we we sort of talked today like i feel like ogilay's had a reasonably good season even though he shoot it feels like he shoots feels like ogilay shoots one of three every game mm-hmm. you know from three consistently mm. consistently <laughs> and i would way rather him have you know um have you know three games going one of three than um Three games where he went over three, over three, and then three of three. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I hear. Like it, uh, that's way better. That's way more reliable. And I just sort of feel like there's a bit of a um, dearth of that and and stats, both on a, like a you know, I feel like they misunderstand some contextual things where you really need more reliable outcome. You know, in a game like end of game situations, and also I just feel like it's a, a better. It's it's something that's hard to. It's a more. I'd rather a player that has less variance, has less variance in his results. Yeah, you know? and there's certainly less, you basically touched on it, but less variance and less deviation in Jalen Brown's average stat line than there is in, say, Jason Tatum, for example. But Jason Tatum uh, is uh, known to put up the, the grandest stat line uh, once and every now and then, I suppose. I, I guess it's a, it's a benefit to have. It's almost we've taken you back to the um, very exciting superannuation analogy. Um, it's we've almost we've got two super policies going on, and we know that we can get to the end of our uh, you know working lifespan, and one of them will probably turn out okay. Does that make any sense? It's kind of a luxury. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think both of them will turn out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I hope but, you're right. Yeah, yeah, we've got a we've got a sort of a mixed portfolio happening here with. A, with a with a Jalen who you know I feel much more certain about what Jalen's going to be sure right now I don't know if everybody feels that I think you know we've gotten a picture of who he is this year um, and who he's going to be as a you know for his prime sure no yeah I I agree um one thing I want to add there is if I could log into my super account and, and set my risk profile based on uh, like basketball plays, like just go there, shoot a bunch of threes. You know, <laughs> if, you, if the open two is there, like get it into the to the big, but ultimately just put up a bunch of threes and I'm, I'm happy with the uh, the outcome there. I want, I that was the, an option. I, I, I would the, be more actively in my uh, configuring my super on a regular basis. <laughs> I, want I wish the, that was the case. I want the James Harden superannuation option. <laughs> Always yeah. at the free throw line. <laughs> 60 points yeah. every game. <laughs> Maybe pull it back to the Shaq option later in life sure. just a little bit more consistency 
I love it. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I guess we're fortunate, you know, taking it back to the comparison on, on the Jays there, that we've kind of got these two um, intertwining or these two concurrent uh, portfolios, as you put it, Joe, that we can enjoy. Um, hopefully both of them will work out, but we can probably be um, safe in saying that at least one of them will work out. Uh, and like you said there, Jalen Brown is kind of already working out. Like he's a very productive, very consistent player. And it's really awesome to see so early in his career. And so is Tatum. And incidentally, I did actually sort of do a little little number crunching. So a little bonus for you guys. You'll have to take my word that I've done it right. But um, <laughs> but if you use that game score, if you did, if you just 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 assume that's a good enough proxy, right for um for um for a player's performance, um Tatum has had an average game score of fourteen point seven eight compared with. Jalen, who's had an average one of 15.05. So Jalen's slightly better on average. Mm -hmm. And the standard deviation um, is 7.1 for Tatum compared with 7 for um, Tatum. So it's actually a little closer than you might think, assuming you 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 accept the game scores are a valid... You know, it's good enough proxy for for players' performance. But just to compare to to Giannis, Giannis has an average game score of twenty five, and an, and a standard deviation of six point nine seven. So so Giannis is like that. Just goes to show you like that. That's the difference between elite, 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 and where Tatum and, and Brown are at right now. You know, totally. um, yeah, Giannis's scores game scores are clustered <laughs> very tightly around a very high mean, whereas yeah. our boys are spread out a bit more evenly. Yeah. They don't call him the Greek freak for nothing. No, they so, don't. I, just they referring... call mainly because he's Greek. <laughs> and somewhat of a freak, it would seem. I was just looking at that list, and it's like they say the most consistent players of this year, and it basically reads like the MVP discussion. It's Giannis, yeah. it's LeBron, it's Luca, Jim, J, uh, Jimmy Butler, James Harden, then it's Sabonis in there, but he's a core player, Leonard. So, yeah, definitely a clear correlation between you know, consistency. But in, the, in this metric, it's like their best games or their worst games. But yes, definitely a clear correlation between quality and consistency. But yeah, I'd love to see some um, stats out there and maybe some, maybe some uh, listeners can point us towards... I'd love to see some stats that show, particularly around shooting, um, you know, uh, like variance you know, a measure of the variance, because I feel like we're always talking about the effect, the expected return on a shot. And expected returns just, it's like an investment. Like, it's just, it's not that, does, to me, it doesn't really help with decision-making as much as you might think it does, because sure. you don't have unlimited resources. Um, you don't have unlimited probabilistic resources, at least, you know? So, yeah, if there's, if there's someone out there who's developed something to show, like, which shooters are the most consistent, you know, like Ray Allen was actually a shocker for this. I don't know if you guys remember, Ray Allen would go through these shooting funks like no one, no one's business. You know, yeah, especially once he got bone spurs in his heels, sort of yeah. late in his Celtics career. That was that's kind of the end for uh, poor Ray Ray there. Yeah, and especially when he had his heart removed prior to going to Miami. You know, really- <laughs> <laughs> you can argue that it was never there. Let's be honest. At that point. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting to see how the Jays um, track with some of these more interesting um, advanced stats as their careers progress. Obviously, you know, quite early in each of their careers, and we've got the, the luxury of, of watching the numbers and, and the Jays themselves as they as they prod along there. It's going to be interesting to see. I want to uh, wrap this up on a, on a much lighter note. There's a Celtics Reddit user, Dweebland, who made a post about 10 hours ago 
Who are the top five Celtics players? This is a complete swing of direction here. <laughs> Who are the top five Celtics players, past or present, that you'd want to grab a beer with? And he writes, I'd have to go with Larry Legend, then Marcus Smart, Perkins, KG, and finally the truth. So I throw to you guys. Let's have a little bit of fun here. Top Celtic or two that you'd like to have a skewy with down the pub? <laughs> I'm, I'm off the top of my head. I'm saying Tommy Heinsohn. Oh, that's good. That's Larry good Bird. I have to think about those. The first two I'm immediately drawn to. So my first thought for this, and it's a little bit left field, um, is Dave Cowens. Because I don't know if you guys know much about Dave Cowens. Of I course you good. do. You're a number of times, but that's it. <laughs> He's an MVP. Well, he yeah. retired. He like retired in the middle of a season and went and drove a cab. Like that's an <laughs> interesting cat. I yeah, didn't know that. That's, that's pretty nuts. badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's epic. You know, he was one of the best players. He's sort of like, I think he's like the sort of, he might be the most underrated of sort of all the Celtic greats, you know, because he mm. was really an elite player, you know. Um, yeah, he's probably my only other nominee that I'd put into the mix. Um, oh, um, Bainesy, surely. surely. Bainesy, oh, yeah. Be no, Bainesy. Of course, of course, yes. Have you guys seen that, that great clip of Bainsey when he was back with the Spurs and they're coming out of that pub after winning it? It's probably not a pub, more of a nightclub, I guess, after a Spurs championship. And Tim Duncan is just absolutely holding him up as he stumbles out of uh, <laughs> this, like, whatever venue it is under the under the bus. And he's just, like, yelling out all kinds of crazy, drunken Aussie shit. It's pretty funny. All, all these Spurs out. teammates are clearly embarrassed by him, even no, no matter the moment, no matter the fact that they've just won a championship. It's pretty great. It's on YouTube somewhere. Um, uh, I put Scal the white mamba as my as my beer yeah. buddy and it's good call. he's been around a, a sizable amount of celtics teams that we've loved in, in the last sort of 10 15 years um very knowledgeable about basketball as well like don't get me wrong i love tommy tommy heinsen on the call but i also really like on the road games scales insight into me the too. plays that are run he's got a yeah. bit more of an, a sort of um advanced basketball acumen there less emotional more uh analysis yeah i mean at, at this point at this point like we we don't want Tommy to go because we he's part of the experience for us. But like, Scal's a way better commentator. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm not saying he makes yeah. it more entertaining, but he he's a way better commentator. Yeah, and that spot is his. The second you know Tommy, you know, unfortunately yeah. goes, which is not that far off. But yeah, um, I I feel that this is cheap, but I've just I I've really wanted to meet Shaq like forever. So oh. technically. <laughs> Technically, I can say Shaq. No, that's um, absolutely. Yeah, no yeah. technically. Yeah, about Celtics it. legends. I mean, yeah, it qualifies that. But um, I would have to put KG in there. KG is definitely my favorite um, Celtic of the of the O eight era. So yeah. What about like Scott Pollard? Oh, you know what? Okay, here's an entry. Here's an entry. And I feel a little sad to say it now because he might have fallen on some hard times. But Delonte West looked like Ooh. an absolute riot. Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah, he have some stories from around yeah. the league as well. You bring the documentary crew for that one, I think. <laughs> we need a link to the um, the Delonte West raspberry iced tea jam that he had in the car. You know, he's like at the drive through <laughs> at like Popeye's chicken or something like that, and he does this freestyle rap about raspberry iced tea. It's it's awesome. Hang on, I'm gonna look it up right now. <laughs> uh, <nice. laughs> That's oh, definitely man. a good one. On the, the KG side of things, user the King AMW writes, I feel like KG would just get a bottle of brown liquor, sit down at the table and say, We're finishing this tonight which, uh, yeah, that's the sort of intensity that uh, KG, I think, would bring to any any sort of drinking yeah. competition. KG would get you so messed up. 
they would just demand you keep drinking. <laughs> if you can good up this Spe- that's your fault. Speaking of KG, has has Uncut Gems come out in Australia yet? I'm still No, up. it comes out no. on Netflix on the thirty first of January. So right. Oh that's yes. awesome. Yeah. Same Yeah. I've been trying to acquire it online. Um, so I'm glad to hear that I can I can watch yeah. it a little bit more legally uh, yeah. Yeah. very I, soon. Appar- apparently it is out there, but apparently you can only last about four and a half minutes before you decide that the film quality is too crap and you have to turn it off. But the guy apparently. in the couple of rows in front gets up and goes to the toilet, yeah. that no, kind of thing, HD no. cam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a screener, but it's just a bad one, apparently. Oh, right, Again, okay. I've got to say Kyrie Irving and to a lesser degree Ooh, Gordon okay. Hayward, Whoa. just to sit down and be like, just pick their brain, like, get to know them a little bit better, try and understand like the, the way they think, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you had the option to sit down with Kyrie Irving and say, dude, like I just want to hear your side of the story. What the hell happened last year? Um, let's talk about your vocabulary <laughs> and the way you deliver words, your diction. Um, you know, maybe we could learn a little bit from one another. Um, I think that'd be an interesting take. And, and Gordon Hayward, again, just to talk about his recovery process and, and maybe... Not that I would have any chance in, in, in doing this for him, but instill some confidence in him. I, I, I feel like I was watching Gordon Hayward today and if you somehow got access to like his source code for his brain and you could turn up the aggression, make no other changes to Gordon Hayward, the way that he plays, um, like his skills or anything like that, if you could just dial up the aggression, he would be so much more impactful. He has these little stretches where he like really takes the ball hard into the paint and like gets to his spot. He's one of the few guys on our team who can really do that. Jalen's certainly getting better at that as well. And then either, you know, makes the play, gets the bucket, or dishes out the, the perfect pass. Often, you know, we have this perfect aerial view of the court. We can see everyone on the court. And yet some a lot of the time I feel like Haywood makes a pass to someone I didn't even notice in a in a certain spot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, he he, he... So over a beer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> No, I think I think you're right, and I think today was just an example where we actually really needed him to be aggressive, and he he, he really wasn't. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Mm. I have thought. But of, anyway, that's I, that's not beer chat. You know, I've thought of one. <laughs> How's Robin? How's the kids? I've thought. Well, of that's one. another reason, right? That's why you want to bring him out for a beer. Sorry, Jackson. That's but, okay. No, he's under the cruel uh, jackboot of, uh, of Robin Haywood, and if you just get him out of the house. Yeah. Uh, maybe just give him a bit of a night to to himself uh, with the boys. I think I, I, think I could Gordon tolerate. I, I think I could tolerate that more. particular jackboot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think of one more that I think we would all probably agree to have a beer with right now. Like no hand, hands down, that'd be Danny Ainge. Ooh. Except yeah. Danny Ainge would not drink the beer. Well. I will. his apple juice or something. No problem. <laughs> Glass of milk. Heineken are doing those zero percent beers nowadays as well, so there's always an option. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and thanks, Joe. Joe's out of the KFC freestyle Delonte West to the group chat, so I'll make sure that's included in the uh, in the Reddit post uh, and the show notes for this episode. Uh, look, before we wrap this one up. The schedule ahead, uh, we've got the Spurs in Boston, followed by Philly in Philly. We mentioned it earlier. It's kind of a relief now to maybe have a few challenging opponents, given that we've half-assed the last few games. Uh, on top of that, there's talk that Joel Embiid might have some sort of finger injury in his potentially oh, you see the dislocation? Oh, yeah. Oh, has that come out yeah, only recently? It's like one, oh, of, those, it's like one of those ones, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, no, big, I did not see that at all. Big time. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's it's gnarly. Funny out loud on the show. He'll, Great. Yeah, he'll probably <laughs> he'll probably still play somehow. They'll strap it up. He'll still get like thirty nine or some shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you hope so though? Like, you want the win to be against the full strength team? No, nah, I want to beat him. Piss him off. No, I want to win. I want to win. Um, <laughs> but if we do yeah. beat him with him, it'd be far better. But I, I highly doubt that's going to be the case because a, I think we're a bad matchup for them anyway, and b, it's on the back to back against the Spurs, who just beat the Bucks. So mm, yeah, giant killers. This is going to be two. This is going to be two uh, pricks of a two prick of a game. I'm trying to say pricks of a game back to back. Doesn't make any sense. It's, it's going like to be attorneys a t- general. Yeah, these games are going to be. Understand what you're trying to say. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, lay off the raspberry iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> Got to learn that rap. Cool. Do you reckon we take these two games or any sort of? Uh, you want to make any bold predictions? We can revisit in a week's mm, time. Yeah, I'm actually like if I was bidding, and I'm not. <laughs> to be clear, um, I'd probably bet on two losses. I just feel like we're at that point of the mm. season where, um, you know, even in good seasons, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe back to the first Kyrie season, we mm. had that game in London against Philly and we all took mm-hmm. a deep breath and then we lost to like the Lakers and the Magic and like maybe the Pelicans. Like, you know, the, it's it's sort of dog days. So I, I'm, I, yeah, I, this, that's just what my spider senses tell me. Um, all things being equal, probably one and one. I think Philly's really got our number, and um, it's not the worst thing to lose to them actually, incidentally, because it helps keep them in either the fourth or fifth seat. While Indiana's mm-hmm. nipping at their heels, so um, there's that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, so I think one and one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one and one's realistic, and I, I really think when Kemba gets back is, is key as well. Too, I think we could really use his injection and his um, scoring. Um, ASAP so if he's back for either or both of these games um, I'd say it's 1-1 I'm probably feeling it's probably coming off a loss got recency bias I'm feeling it might be two losses as well sadly but because yeah for the reasons you mentioned it's just that time of the year where it's just might go for a bit of a slide unfortunately mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. I, I like to think that we're due for one against Philly because we haven't got him so far this season, but um, not super confident given the way that we've played recently. Um, we talked about half assing a lot. Maybe they full ass these two games and we, uh, we <laughs> pull out a couple of wins. I hope so. I'd love <laughs> Let's it. Let's see how we go. Yeah. There's an episode title for you. All right, please go ahead and rate this podcast five stars. Share it with your friends and do all those lovely things to support the show. And you can find us on Twitter at Celtics Reddit pod, or you can hit us up in the comments for this episode's Reddit post. That's going to do it for this one. Jackson and Joe, love your work, guys. Talk to you soon. Sweet. Likewise, buddy. See you, boys. Until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Peace.